This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. We are so excited that you are listening to this right now, and I am very excited about our special guest today, Dr. Richard Booker. Now, he, just when I looked at his book, that alone intrigued me for this whole uh, teaching on the biblical feast. Your, your, just your book cover alone makes people want to read the book. But Rich, Dr. Richard Booker, he's been a pioneer and spiritual father in teaching on Israel, uh, Jewish roots, Hebrew roots uh, of Christianity. Uh, his book, Celebrating Jesus and the Biz- Biblical Feast, is amazing. And uh, Dr. Booker, you've been doing this now for over 40 years. Why do you have such a passion on teaching uh, believers about the importance of celebrating Jesus in the biblical feasts? Well, Ryan, God bless you and everybody listening in. It's a joy. Uh, you know, when, you, when, when somebody has an encounter with God, that kind of defines the rest of their life. <laughs> so, you know, if someone, in, for example, is miraculously healed by God, uh, they, they, they want to have a healing ministry, you know, and so forth. And so if, if, you, if you have an encounter with God and you find Jesus in Leviticus, <laughs> which is most unusual for Christian people, that's about all you want to talk about. Well, so you... that, that happened to me in 1974. And I look forward to sharing that with with the folks today. But well, let's talk about that. I mean, the the believers were hungry to know more about Jesus, and the way that you paint the picture of Jesus through the festivals and the feast, it's amazing. And this is what helps us grow and mature in our walk with God. Now, as you said, in 1974, you had a dramatic event that changed your life. Tell us about that. Well, it's 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 so it, even here, forty-two years later, it's still like fresh, like yesterday. But uh, I was raised in Christianity, but like so many that heard the those Sunday school stories and things, never could uh, make much sense out of the Bible. They were just random stories, but uh, you know, a bunch of nice things to learn about, but. Uh, I, I didn't see any real order to the Bible, and you know, so. I think that's the way most Christians are raised in America. They hear these nice stories, but so what? And how does it relate to our life? And most of the time, Christians are told that the Old Testament is like for Jews, and and Jesus came along and replaced all that, and now we have the New Testament for Christians. And I think one of the biggest uh, challenges, Ryan, is that blank white page between the Testaments. Exactly. just think it's two different books, but it's really one story. And uh, I was seeking God back in the early 70s, my wife, Peggy, and I, uh, but we didn't know how to find him. So uh, we we were going to a little home Bible study with some friends. They said, well, we're going to study, so I had to get a Bible, you know. Uh, I 
very well educated, so I didn't want to look too stupid. <laughs> so I, I didn't know where to start, so I opened up at, at Leviticus. And uh, Out of all books of the Bible, you started with Leviticus. Well, you know, it's so interesting, because I learned many years later that when the Jewish people start learning the, the Bible, the Torah for them, you know, at age five, guess what book they start with? Leviticus. I, I didn't know that. That's awesome. But I didn't know where to start. You know, I didn't have any mentor or guide or teacher. I just, that's where it was. And and so I started reading this book and God, it's boring old stuff for most American folks, you know. The more I read it, the more it seemed like us saw some familiar concepts there, and I started sharing with my wife, and then then it sort of reminded me of the gospel story I heard a little bit when I was a kid, then went and got a Strong's Concordance, one of those big heavy things, you know, you had to be strong to carry, yeah, yeah. and I actually started studying. I am educated, so I know how to study, and then I started reading the New Testament, and all of a sudden, you know, the Bible says if you seek God with your whole heart, you'll find Him. you got to find Him somewhere. You run into Him, you know? And so I was reading in the story of Luke 24, but it, I was paralleling it and putting on, overlaying on top of Leviticus. I said, this all sounds so familiar. And then there was these two guys that uh, were on the road to this little town called Emmaus right outside of Jerusalem. And Jesus appeared to them. They didn't recognize him right off. They thought he was dead and gone. You know, it's over. And he started sharing with them how the whole Hebrew Bible, what Christians call the Old Testament, was all about him. It says he began at Genesis, just went through every book, you know. And the seed of woman, Exodus, the Passover lamb, Leviticus, the high priest, Numbers, the uplifted one, Deuteronomy, the prophet from among the brethren, you know, and so forth. And it says how his words burn within their hearts as he talked with them along the way. Well, God honors our seeking him, Ryan. And that's what I want to say to the listeners today. If you seek God with your whole heart, you will find him. But you have to really seek him. And I was seeking God. <clears throat> I had a successful business career at that time, but I was seeking God. And it's hard to explain uh, supernatural events to the to the human mind. But uh, again, you, you you come to a point in time when you actually have to find Him if you're seeking after Him. But you were you were uh, reading Luke twenty four. And paralleling, like you said, Leviticus. Mm -hmm. And I understand that you, that God literally lets you be a, a third disciple on the Emmaus Road. What do, what do you mean by that? Well, he, these, these two guys, you know, as I said, that they had heard all about Jesus. They were his followers, and they heard he was crucified and buried, and they were all, you know, downtrodden and sad and thought he was the Messiah, but... You know, they figured, well, I guess we were wrong again, you know. And so Jesus appeared to him, to them, and uh, they were so confused and bewildered, as so many Christians are trying to understand the Bible. That's the deal. And it says he 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 began at 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 the very beginning at the book of Genesis, and showed them how all of the Old Testament, what Christians call the Old Testament was a picture of him. 
Now, this is what I want to get across and try to for 42 years, because this is what God changed my life with, is that the Hebrew Bible, again, what Christians think of as the Old Testament, is a picture of a person. Ryan, God, I'm getting anointing all over me here. Just He's just talking about these things. It's a picture of a person. If you went to the airport to meet somebody you'd never seen before, you, you hold up their picture or you have a sign with their name on it, you know, so that you can all recognize each other. And so God painted these pictures of a person, of Jesus of Nazareth, in in the culture of the Old Testament with all these strange, hard-to-understand, we'd say boring details and rituals but this was their culture and so jesus in luke 24 was explaining to these two guys or might have been one might have been a woman two people will say okay how that culture and all the things god told them to do was a picture that god was painting of him the person and so he went through all the books of the bible through the Old Testament, as we'd call it, showing how each one was part of the picture of him. Now, here's the deal, Ryan. When you put it all together, there's a mosaic of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, God who'd come in human flesh as our kinsman redeemer to cut a covenant with himself and do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Hallelujah. And in one heaven second, Ryan, who, who can explain what that is? That whole story, just like lightning flashing before my eyes, exploded inside my whole spirit. And it was like 66 bombs or missiles going off inside me, you know, 66 books in the Bible. And uh, the word. And the, you, the said, you said that the weight of the glory of God was so heavy on you that right. you, you couldn't even walk when this happened. For sometimes that happened, I, I could not, I couldn't do anything but crawl around on my arms. <laughs> I mean, you literally hid under your desk and begged God to not show you anything further. I mean, what what was this happening? Is, this is true, Ryan. Well, the deal is when when the Creator touches the creature, <laughs> when the Almighty touches human flesh, we we can't take much of the Creator. We're too fra- fragile and too frail, and so you remember when. In the story of Exodus, when God appeared to them, it was so overwhelming. The yes. people said, oh, hey, Moses, you just go up and see what he wants to say and come back and tell us. We can't take much of this person anymore. You know, he's too much. We're all going to just die, you know, in the raw glory of God. Humans can't take much. So God knows how much we can take, and he, he drops a measure of himself upon us uh, to to call us for what he wants us to do. And it it's it it doesn't fit into religion, and I'm talking here about encounters with God. Well, listen, you you um, you thought you were going to die. You're hiding really under your it. desk. Your the weight of glory is so strong that you can't walk or move, and you literally had to drag yourself onto the couch and lay there until the glory lifted, and you you felt the glory, you felt the fire, you felt the awe of God. What? This, and and you say that this experience was just as real today as it was then. Oh well, I got goosebumps all over me just as you were reviewing that. I, I visualized this whole thing, and so what I want to say to the listeners is: God bless every one of you. God wants to. 
to come down upon you and give you a holy encounter with him. Well, right uh, now, would you pray that, Richard, for everybody's uh, listening, that they would have their own encounter with God? Go ahead. Bless your holy name, Lord. You're so amazing. You're so wonderful. You love us so much, and you have so much more for us. We've just been kept from you by religious stuff, Lord, and we just pray a breakthrough through religiosity and through dead traditions of men that are that are chained on people your people lord <clears throat> hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled now holy spirit it, we just ask you humbly to now to come upon the listeners lord and and meet them at their point of need reveal yourself manifest yourself to them right now lord let them sense your presence right there to liberate them into the place that you want them to be and have this intimate personal relationship with you far beyond what they've ever imagined and only you can do that holy spirit so we ask you humbly to touch people's hearts right now as they're listening to this program Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Now, as you can hear in his voice and as you can you sense the anointing, uh, the the word of God, uh, the Old Testament, as we call it now, became so alive to Richard even that it, he got these downloads from heaven. And what he has done is he's helped build the bridge between uh, the Jesus that we hear about, sing about, read about. In, in the Jesus that we see pictured in this feast. And he bridges that together. He brings it all together in such a real and magnificent way. And now, Richard, you have a, uh, a gift that you can literally, and this is what helps people in your teaching and in your books, that you can literally uh, see the Word of God in picture form. And as they say, a picture is worth a thousand words, that you can uh, then teach that and impart the very, it's like you're living the Bible again, and then you communicate that to people. Is that true? That's that's the way God has worked with me, Ryan, and that's why, that's one of the ways it's come alive to me. The Holy Spirit works with everybody differently, but for me, when I'm, when I'm seeking Him, He gives me pictures of, of the story and and I'm not want to be too spooky here, but it almost like I'm saying almost like <laughs> transports me into the to the to the story in the Bible, so I can I can I don't want to exaggerate it. People get the wrong idea, but it's like I can taste and smell and see and touch everything that's going on in that story in the Bible. That I'm right there as one of those characters in in the stories we're reading about and then the holy spirit takes that and explodes it inside me so that's real and and alive now what i want to say about that ryan is is people know the the rhema word of god is the spoken word it's not the logos the printed word it's the spoken word so when jesus said man shall not live by bread alone just material things of life but by every word if somebody wants to look that up it's the rhema word and then jesus goes on and says that proceeds out of the mouth of god so out of the mouth of god the same the same creative power this is so people just got to get this the same creative power word of god that spoke the world into existence can come into us and god's life is in his 
spoken word. So when God's rhema word comes into us, it has the life of God in it. Ryan, the same life that spoke the world into existence comes into us. And as we internalize that and we speak it out of our mouth, supernatural things happen that we can't do ourselves. And that's why I love your teaching on the feasts, the festivals, because you you are in your in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, you are there and you take those feasts and you take those festivals and you bring them to life for for us and and let's start let's start digging into the feasts a little bit. Now, uh the feasts you say were were very important uh visual aids for the Jewish people. Um each of the feasts now uh, and we'll get into this a little later, but each of the feasts, for all those who are listening, you have to know, you have to know these feasts because each and every one of them, Dr. Booker, they all point to the Messiah. And they have a unique portrayal and a particular aspect of his life, his ministry, what he did, what he was doing, and what he's going to do. And I'm a Gentile. And there's many people that are watching are both Jew and Gentile. But if if no matter if you're Jew or Gentile, you have to begin to like never before understand the feast. Let them become alive in you, and you will see how God it has by His Spirit has weaved Jesus through the entire Word of God. So let's start digging into this a little bit, okay? Uh, tell me, uh, just in a nutshell, the significance of why everybody needs to have this revelation of the feast. Wow, how many hours do we have? <laughs> well, first of all, let's start with what, what they what they are. Because when, when we hear feasts, we think about eating a lot of food at Thanksgiving. You exactly. Know? And, and people still come up to me after all these decades, and, and they think that the feasts have to do with something with the Jews and eating. <laughs> you know, God bless everybody, you know. <laughs> but we would better use the word festival. So a festival... These are festivals. The Hebrew word, and I'm not in any way a Hebrew scholar, but the Hebrew word is moedim, and it means an appointed time to meet with God. Hallelujah. God has an appointed time to meet with his people, and he can meet with us anywhere, anytime, you know, in whatever circumstance. But he sort of laid out an order of how he wants to work in our lives in these festivals. So, so first of all, they're they're not old rituals, but they're they're opportunities for divine encounters with God. Yeah, I love that. They, Say that again. They're they're opportunities for divine encounters with God. So you know, if if somebody wants more than they're getting in, in Western church entity kind of thing, if you want a divine encounter with God, the feasts explain an ordered way of doing that. Now, when you say, uh, uh, Dr. Booker, when you say there's an ordered way, many, many people, because of their lack of understanding, they feel like, what well, is this some kind of like legalistic thing where I got to set all this stuff before me and I got to I got to do this right and I got to have this food next and I got to wave this palm branch. I mean, is there <laughs> is there a le is this a legalistic thing or is this a freedom thing? It's total, pure freedom. I hate and despise legalism of any kind. So here's here's the deal. These are pictures of a person. Oh, I like that. We don't that. worship the picture. We worship the person. We love the person. 
but the pictures help us know the person better. I have pictures of my wife all over the house. When she walks into the room, I don't turn her picture down, you know. <laughs> I've got a picture on my cell phone, you know. I love her. I want to look at her all the time. Well, these pictures, And how long have you, know, you been married? 40. Uh, I'll be having my 50th wedding anniversary just in a few days. Oh, that's great. That's a testimony. <laughs> so these are pictures of a person. So what happens is the pictures tell us more about who the person is and what he did. So we, we don't fall in love with these pictures. We fall in love with the person, but the pictures help us know the person better. That's the idea. So you know that this book that we're talking about, Celebrating Jesus in the Biblical Feast, there's a specific reason for that title, Ryan. Notice it doesn't say Celebrating the Biblical Feast. Yes. It says celebrating Jesus. Well, that's what attracted me to feast. it. Yeah, absolutely. That's the point. And so if, if Christians are thinking that somebody's trying to take them into some kind of legalism, they should resist that and run as fast as they can. And I'm the same way. Unfortunately, many Christians think that's what this means. That has nothing to do with it. What it, what it is is helping us find Jesus better because see these are pictures of a person and so when it talks in Leviticus about holy convocations the Hebrew word there is mikrah and it means a visual aid a picture so Jesus in his ministry in life get this Ryan he did all of his major redemptive works on feast days so how can we know him clearly and fully if we don't see these pictures of what he's acting out? He's acting out the drama of redemption in his own life. So, see, he, he was crucified at Passover. He was buried at unleavened bread. He was resurrected at first fruits. He sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and he's coming back at Tabernacles. Hallelujah! That's all in these festivals. And if you if you kind of say, well, I'm a New, Christ, New Testament person, well, you're missing two-thirds of the book, two-thirds of the story. It's like going into a movie when it's two-thirds over. You don't know who these characters are and what they're doing, what their relationship is. So Jesus was a Jewish man in his humanity, and everything he said and everything he did was in his historical Bible culture and context. So here's the challenge. If we read Jesus as a Western person coming out of a Western seminary, you know, reading an English language Bible and looking at the footnotes, you know, we're going to miss uh, much of who he is. So we have to go back and put him in his time and in his culture. And that's what this feast book does. It shows him as he is acting out the reality of the drama of redemption. Now, I don't know about you listening, but I certainly do not want to miss out on anything that the Bible that God, the Son, His Son Jesus, the Holy Spirit, I don't want to miss out on anything that they have to offer. I don't want to miss a single thing in the Word. We're all growing. We're all maturing. But the Word of God, because much of the Bible does talk about the feasts and these festivals and tabernacles and, and the Pentecost and Passover. When you have a clear understanding of this, I am telling you that the, these highlighted moments in the Bible, they come alive and, and, the, and you understand Jesus. You understand God's redemptive plan like never before. Now, we are offering 
Dr. Richard Booker's book, Celebrating Jesus and the Biblical Feast. An amazing book. It walks you through in such detail that you will you will be able to go and teach this yourself. Also, he for just for us, he did a three CD set called Supernatural Encounters Through the Feast. That is an amazing title. Supernatural Encounters Through the Feast, three CD set. Uh, Dr. Booker not only teaches further, but he also teaches how you can, by understanding these feasts and festivals, that how you can encounter God in ways that you've never encountered uh, him before. How you can have such peace, power, and rest just by understanding these benefits of the feast. Now, when we come back, we're going to start getting into some of that, the benefits of the feast, that when you understand the feast and the seasons, what begins to happen in your own life, your own walk with God, your own communion with the Holy Spirit will, will change when you begin to understand what happens when you have this revelation like Dr. Booker has. We'll be right back. Call now and get Dr. Richard Booker's anointed book, Celebrating Jesus in the Biblical Feasts, plus his powerful three-part audio CD prophetic teaching series, Israel, the Church, and the End Times, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Ask for offer number 9434. But wait, you can add this beautiful 16-month 2016-2017 Hebrew Heritage Calendar for a total of $49. Ask for offer number 9435. Shipping and handling is included. Through Richard Booker's anointed book, you will learn to encounter God and the supernatural in a fresh, powerful way by unlocking the prophetic and spiritual significance of the seven biblical feasts of the Lord. Through this book, you will obtain a fuller comprehension of God's plan of redemption, gain greater access to the supernatural of God when celebrating God's appointed times, understand the role that Israel has in Bible prophecy and current events. Plus, you will receive Dr. Booker's powerful three-part audio CD prophetic teaching series, exclusive for our It's Super natural audience. He takes the complexity of the end time Bible prophecy and makes it easy to understand. Through this series, you will receive the keys that will prepare you and your family for what is next on God's prophetic calendar. Understand the season of Jesus' soon return. Learn how to discern the prophetic signs and how to be prepared. Understand how you can be a part of the greatest end time harvest about to occur on planet Earth. For an additional amount, we will include the 16-month 2016-2017 Hebrew Heritage Calendar. In it, you will find the dates when each of the biblical feasts occur. It includes this amazing chart of Hebrew feasts explaining what each feast meant to Israel, how the early church celebrated the feasts, how you can observe God's appointed times today, the end time prophetic significance of the feasts. Plus, the calendar contains the following in Hebrew, transliteration and in English, the Aaronic blessing, the Hebrew alphabet, and so much more. Don't miss out on getting Dr. Richard Booker's anointed book, Celebrating Jesus in the Biblical Feasts, plus his powerful three-part audio CD prophetic teaching series, Israel, the Church, and the End Times, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Ask for offer number 9434. But wait, you can add this beautiful 16-month 2016-2017 Hebrew Heritage Calendar for a total of $49. Ask for offer number 9435. Shipping and handling is included. Call or you can send your check of $35 or $49 to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9434 for the book and audio CD teaching or offer number 9435 to include the Hebrew calendar or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We are talking with Dr. Richard Booker and it's so much fun. I love his passion, his youthful zeal. 
uh, is just uh, it's it's contagious and and these to understand the feasts and the seasons and the festivals it brings the Bible alive like like never before and and uh, Dr. Booker you talk about the benefits of the feasts now there are obviously many but the three that you like to talk about the most and I love these the peace of God the power of God, and the rest that's found in God. Talk about, just briefly, talk about uh, those three powerful benefits that can be found in the feast. Well, absolutely. And these, these are universal needs for all human beings, of course. We, we need peace in our lives, not only externally in the world, but internally in our soul. We, we need peace. We, we need power to overcome temptations and the trials of life and terrible habits we don't like that we have in our life, you know, and, and we need to, to find the rest of God to help us uh, overcome stress and anxiety and, and the, the, the bondage of, of working for God's favor, you know, and these kind of things. So all of this is found in the, in the feast. So there's, there's three major feast seasons, again, these festivals, you know, Ryan, uh, and so Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, the Passover is the spring festival, and God or, or orchestrated it in the Bible so all the Jewish people, the males specifically, but the families could come if they could, would come to Jerusalem. And because festival, Moedim, means to meet with God, they were expecting to come and have an encounter with God. And, of course, there's Jesus. He, his whole life of his last week was to fulfill the pictures of him. And through a relationship with him, we can have our sins forgiven and have peace with God. So that's Christianity is the only faith uh, in the world where we can have our sins forgiven in in this kind of way. Now, of course, in Judaism, there's Yom Kippur. We confess and have our sins forgiven. But this is a, this is an everyday thing here, with an eternal life perspective. We can have peace with God and not not be running from Him or afraid of Him. And and so you know that's the most important thing that every human being needs is peace with God. But many times uh, when we when we find that particularly for believing people, you have peace with God, you know you're, you're a believer and your sins are forgiven, but you don't have the peace of God. You know, peace with God comes in your spirit. Peace of God comes in your soul. I think everybody listening can understand that. So a part of Passover was unleavened bread and first fruits. And uh, Jesus at Passover took our sins at unleavened bread, he took them into the grave, into the cave, into the tomb, and at first fruits he came forth in resurrection, life, and power. Hallelujah! And in the Bible, that's called the fruit of the spirit. So that's one of the fruit of the spirit is the peace of God. So you can have the peace of God inside you, no matter what's going on externally, no matter what you might be going through, what trials and tribulations and heartache you're going through. Uh, in the world or just your personal world. You can have peace, the peace of God. And that's that's shown in these festivals and how to Im get that impartation in your life. 
and then they would go home and come back 50 days later. Did I say 50 days later? Isn't that something like that in the Bible? <laughs> 50 days later, they would come back for the Feast of Pentecost, and the very first Pentecost is not in Acts, it's in Exodus, hallelujah, when God came down and spoke to the people in tongues of fire, and they saw it coming out of Mount Sinai. He wrote the law of God on the tablets of stone, but if you fast forward 1,500 years, now they're in Jerusalem with another encounter. They come to keep the feast. Anybody can read in the book of Acts. And now instead of coming down on Sinai, God's coming down on Mount Zion. The whole story is recreated. They're speaking in tongues of fire in the languages the people can understand. Now, I have to interrupt here. Um, I've been saved uh, quite a while myself, and I, you're saying, and I've never seen this before, you're saying that at the original Feast of Pentecost, the fire came down. Well, at, at Mount Sinai, yes. you know, anybody read it in Exodus, yeah. you know, God came down upon the mountain, the mountain quaked, the fire of God was on the mountain. Well, here's what I'm saying is that I never put the two and two together, that the fire that was on the mountain and then the fire came on the, on Pentecost in the book of Acts. It's the same fire. I mean, it all, it's the same fire. It's the same presence of God. I've never seen that before. And if those of you who are listening, you need to see that this is how uh, Dr. Booker brings this alive, that the fire on the mountain, it came down on the, in the Pentecost in the Old Testament, that same fire came down. Uh, I don't know if you feel the. I feel the presence of God strong right now. I feel the wow. fire of God. I don't have and, much hair on my head, but the few that are there are standing up. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fire came down in in uh, in the Book of Acts. I mean, this is amazing. But keep going. The Feast of Pentecost. Well, I just, you know, a mixed multitude. So the the Jewish sages of all time have always believed and taught and written that how are these mixed multitude going to hear these these words from God that he's given to them through Moses, and their only conclusion was that God spoke to the people in tongues of fire coming out of the mountain, and they could see the tongues of fire coming out, and they heard the voice of God in their own languages while they're standing at the foot of the mountain. Can you believe Wow. It, and it was in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning. Come on, somebody, help me out here. Hallelujah. <laughs> But because of the golden calf, Moses got up and spoke, and 3,000 died. Fast forward 1,500 years, they're doing the same thing in Acts. Now, instead of God writing his laws on the stone tablets, he's writing them on the fleshly tablets of the people's hearts as they receive the Holy Spirit. Instead of Moses getting up to speak... Peter gets up to speak. Instead of 3,000 dying because of the golden calf, it says 3,000 gladly received his word and came into the kingdom of God and were baptized. Hallelujah. That's revelation. I love that. Okay, so you have the peace in the Passover. You have the power in Pentecost, which I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling that as we're talking. And then you have the rest of God in the Feast of Tabernacles. Talk about that. Well, absolutely. When somebody comes to Pentecost, they've become dangerous to the enemy, <laughs> those who oppose God, because now they have the power of God, they have the direction of God, they have the anointing of God. You can go out now and do supernatural things in the kingdom of God. You can plunder the kingdom of darkness, you know, and bring forth the kingdom of, of light. And so remember what happened when Jesus, he had that same experience when he was water baptized in the Jordan River. The Spirit of God came upon him. 
empowered him, anointed him for ministry. But what happened right after that? He had spiritual warfare, didn't he? He had the devil tempting him there in the wilderness. And he had all these trials and tribulations and things coming against him. So when you when you're moving forward in your walk with God, you're going to be tested. You you're going to have spiritual opposition. So Paul the apostle says, put on the whole armor of God. Jesus is the armor of God. He is the helmet of hope. He is the he is the shoes of peace. He's all those things. So at at the Feast of Trumpets, which starts the tabernacle season, Jesus is called the horn of our salvation in the Bible. Amen? He is the one who lives his own life through us and helps us overcome the enemy, helps us overcome trials and temptations and, and the issues of life. And so as we go on down from Pas- from Pentecost to Tabernacles, we go through the Feast of Trumpets, and we go through Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and and this this is taking us into maturity. And the end result is we come to Tabernacles, which is the rest of God and rejoicing and celebrating of our of our relationship with Him, because we we've, we've overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. Now, if you're listening, you can again see how alive. The Word of God comes to us when we understand clearer the feast and the festivals and the seasons of God. Now, Dr. Booker, one of my favorite biblical feasts is Passover, you know, uh, not only because of what happened in Exodus, of course, but also what it means to to us listening and reading and what, you know, the 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 it's, it's where we talk about the blood. Talk about the blood. Talk about the Passover. Talk about what this means for us today. Talk about communion and what happens when we really begin to understand the biblical feast of Passover. The power of God is in the blood of Jesus. It's not in entertainment, you know, and feel-good stuff. It's in the blood of Jesus. And and the churches kind of pump the blood of Jesus out of their sermons. That's why we're we're so weak and anemic these days. We need a, a restoration. We need a blood transfusion of the blood of Jesus. And and that that was what we see in the person of Jesus at Passover. And so you know, again, the picture of him was they God told him to select a lamb on the tenth day of the month. Observe the lamb for five days from the 10th to the 14th. It was to be a lamb without spot and blemish. And and, and then kill the lamb in, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and put the blood on the doorpost. And they had to spread the lamb out on the spit, shaped like a crossbar. Uh, so they couldn't break any bones. That was part of the story, too. So you fast forward. Here comes Jesus, the Lamb of God. He comes into Jerusalem on the 10th day of the month, the same day to be set aside. He was tested for five days on the 14th, the same day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when they're killing the lambs, Jesus, the real lamb, dies. You know, they came to break his bones. Not bone, no one bone was broken to fulfill this picture. And, and, God said, "Don't." God said, "Consume the entire sacrifice. Nothing left over for the next day." So the the religious leaders came to Pilate and said, "The next day on our calendar is the feast of unleavened bread. It's a high holy day. It's a high Sabbath. Take that imposter down, so there's nothing of him left over for the next day." Wow! Wow! I see. He it. acted out the whole thing. 
See, it was a picture of a person. So he didn't just, it, these things didn't just happen to happen. You know, he, he was orchestrating every step of his life that last week to be the reality of the picture. And I love in the book of Luke where Jesus says to his disciples, with fervent desire, have a desire to eat this Passover with you. I mean, Well, absolutely. And so he's, he's going to have this Passover meal with his disciples. They had to have a private deal, you know, because he wasn't going to be around, you know, on the Passover afternoon. Like many times Christians will have a, they'll have their Christmas service at their church or something, but they'll have their Christmas deal in their home or something. So it, it, the, the public ceremony and the private uh, celebrations are different. So anyway, you read the Gospels, or he's having a Passover meal, as as we read it. It's clear there with the disciples, and and they had the cup and the bread there, and and Jesus took the cup. It was to be set aside for the the Messiah, and he took the cup and said, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood. All of you drink of it." Now it's a covenant, and Bible people knew about covenants. We, we miss that today in our modern world. But what was behind his statement was all the covenant talk in the Bible is I will take away your heart of stone, I'll give you a heart of flesh, I'll forgive your iniquities to be remembered no more, I'll cast them into the sea of forgetfulness, I'll come into you, I'll be in you, you will be in me, the two of us will become one, I will live my own life in you and through you and out of you. You'll have union, union with God through a personal relationship with me. So when Jesus went to the cross at Passover, Ryan, he, he took our sins into his spirit, our sorrows into his soul, and our sicknesses into his flesh. He died for the whole person. You know that Hebrew word shalom? Most people know it means peace, but the fuller meaning of the word is whole, like W-H-O-L-E. Shalom means may you be whole in every part of your life, body, soul, and spirit, and everything about you and around you. So Jesus died to make us whole in every way, and he took all of those human liabilities with him into the tomb. And they sealed it inside. You know, we were in there with him. You got to see yourself. Paul, the apostle says, no reckon and yield. You got to know what Jesus did. You got to believe it. And you got to internalize it. You see, that's the deal. And so you see yourself in that cave with him. But he didn't stay in there. He came forth in resurrection life. And we've come forth with him as a new person in resurrection life. So we that that kind of became communion to the Christians over now, the now centuries. Do, uh, now do that. that. That's a great segue. Now, communion, for the most part, not everywhere, has seemed, I mean, it was a heavy, heavy atmosphere and moment when Jesus lifted up that cup and that bread. It was a heavy moment in the way that Paul describes it in Corinthians. You, you know, it's very sincere. And then what, what happens... Uh, uh, when when we take communion unworthily and, and we've lost, I think the 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 intensity, the passion, and the joy in communion. Talk about that. 
Well, that that is so true. And Peggy and I traveled for 15 years to churches all over the United States, and we we saw this. And of course, we that was our own experience. And based on what God showed us, we we tried to bring some joy and life into the communion service. So when Jesus said, "Do this in remembrance of me," well, the, He's not on the cross anymore. He's not in the tomb anymore. He's in heaven That's at the right, right hand of Father, with all authority and power, angels, principalities, and powers being made subject unto Him. And so here, here's here's such an important thing, Ryan. Jesus not only gave His life for us but he gave his life to us as well. His life by his Holy Spirit, who, hallelujah, is living inside of us. And the, and the, the best visual aid picture of that is that communion. So when do this in remembrance of me, Jesus is on the throne of God at his right hand, is the way it says it in, in, the, in the English words, you know. He's conquered sin. He's conquered Satan. He's conquered death. So... Yes, we we contemplate what he did for us, but we celebrate what he's doing in us. You Ooh, see, I like Hallelujah. That. So so after we we have a right heart attitude towards taking communion, which is correct, because you got to get all the leaven out of your house, or in this case, your your own life, your body, soul, and spirit. You're clean. You're pure. God can come. And so here's the deal: when you take communion. This is the best time that Christians have to get a miracle from God because it, wow. it's the biggest picture that we have of what Jesus has done for us. So I taught the Christians all these years. We saw so many miracles. I couldn't even remember them. All well, in fact, ever. you have a you tell the testimony of a woman healed of a heart condition uh, in Florida. Well, absolutely, because I, I would ex- first of all, I would explain to them what communion is and what to expect. You should expect something. You should expect to have an encounter with God when you take communion. So you get your heart right, you get the leaven out of your life, out of your house, out of your body, out of your soul, out of your mind and spirit, and you make yourself available for the Holy Spirit to come and do a divine impartation. So you give him when you take communion, Ryan, whatever your human liabilities are that you're struggling with, you, in prayer, when you take the cup and bread, you give that to God and you ask him to make a divine exchange. Now, you're not asking him to come from heaven. He's already come from heaven. He's inside you. So you're asking the Holy Spirit in you to make a divine exchange of your human liability for his asset. So this is how I've taught this. And so this one time in Florida, and there's so many stories about this, but there's one lady, sweetest little Pentecostal lady, you know, just something like you want her for your grandmother, you know, and people have all their (laughs) theologies, and and I'm not interested in theology. I'm interested in walking with God, you know. But uh, she told me she had this heart problem for years. And this is just one of, of many stories, I'm sure, and so she heard me explain this, and she did what Paul said. She no reckon and yield. She heard it, she believed it, and she internalized it. So she she heard she she was a charismatic Pentecostal Christian. She had the gift of tongues, private language of prayer language, and she heard this this language going on inside her, 
I don't understand everything I know, but <laughs> these things happen, you know. And she thought it was God giving her a new new spiritual language. But as it got a little louder, she could tell this was not the voice of God. You know, you know the voice of God from the voice of the devil. Yes. This this was a a, a, um, a bad sounding voice, and all of a sudden, before she knew it, now again, I don't understand everything I know, but this is exactly what she said. She felt, oh hallelujah, she felt this demonic spirit come out of the physical organ of her heart and her body out through her chest through her uh, vocal cords out of her mouth she was instantly delivered and of course when the spirit came out of her she was instantly healed as well Wow! of a heart problem she had for decades and this is the power of communion. This is the power of the blood of Jesus. If you know what what you're doing, if you know to exchange your liability for his asset. See, that's the thing that you need to hear, the, those who are listening, is once you have a revelation of communion and what is taking place, the exchange, that's when miracles begin to happen. That's and that's it. It, yeah, the exchange. It, see, it's not a funeral service. It's a celebration of what God has done in you and doing in you and can do for you. And, and you also encourage people to take communion by themselves. Well, absolutely. You can take communion anytime you feel led to do that. You don't, in other words, you don't have to wait to a church service. Oh, no, gracious, no. You, you're, you are the church. If you're a believer, you are the church. You're all priests of the Most High God. You can take communion yourself as a family or just by yourself, whatever your need is or God's putting in your heart to do. You know, as long as you, you're seeking God with your whole heart, you're, you're wanting to have communion with Him. Just think of the word commune, you know, union with God is what it means. And so God comes into us. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. I'm in you. You're in me. The two of us have become one. And so the Spirit of God in us desires to manifest the presence of God to us. Hallelujah. That can happen any time, of course, just walking around, you know. But you're pressing in that communion, and that's what you're doing it for. So, you know, that's that's an opportune opportunity to receive a, a, a supernatural uh, happening in your life. So if you're listening, you are hearing what I've been uh, telling you, that Dr. Booker has the revelation and the gift to make even communion, the teaching on communion, the blood, the Passover, uh, the feast, the seasons come alive. And I know that many people are already getting blessed by your teachings and your materials. People are rediscovering the Jewish roots of Christianity. They're understanding. Uh, people are even having a renewed passion for Jesus. They're, they're uh, moving to greater insights into God's prophetic seasons. I mean, these are just some of the things that the people that people are saying when they get your teachings. They they get a clear, more powerful understanding through the visual aids and the discovery of of the biblical 
uh, roots, uh, the Hebrew roots, the calendar, all the festivals, the feasts. And what you'll get as well when you read this book and listen to the CDs is a unique love for the Jewish people and an understanding of their role in Israel, the current events that have happened in the past, the present, and the future, all have to do with the feasts and the seasons and all these wonderful things that Dr. Booker is teaching. Now, you need to get a hold of this book, Celebrating Jesus and the Biblical Feast. And he pointed out early in this program that it's not celebrating the feast. It's celebrating Jesus in the biblical feast. If you want to have more insight and develop a deeper love for Jesus, you need to get this book, read it, and so your passion for Jesus and seeing him throughout the entire word of God will become clearer and you'll have a deeper understanding of who he is, not only who he is, but what price he paid for you and I to come to the knowledge of Jesus. You also need to get the three CD set, Supernatural Encounters for the Feast. Through these CDs, Dr. Booker not only teaches you how you too can have your own encounter with God after you understand this revelation of the Feast of God, the season of God, but he prays prayers for your heart to be open and your mind to be illuminated in these uh, special appointed times, these prophetic appointed times in God's calendar. You need to get these resources. You need to have these. You need to listen to them. You need to read them for yourself. When we come back, Dr. Booker is going to share not only that we're in a prophetic season, but that we're coming into some of the most significant times in biblical history. We'll be right back. Call now and get Dr. Richard Booker's anointed book, Celebrating Jesus in the Biblical Feasts, plus his powerful three-part audio CD prophetic teaching series, Israel, the Church, and the End Times, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Ask for offer number 9434. But wait, you can add this beautiful 16-month 2016-2017 Hebrew Heritage Calendar for a total of $49. Ask for offer number 9435. Shipping and handling is included. Through Richard Booker's anointed book, you will learn to encounter God and the supernatural in a fresh, powerful way by unlocking the prophetic and spiritual significance of the seven biblical feasts of the Lord. Through this book, you will obtain a fuller comprehension of God's plan of redemption, gain greater access to the supernatural of God when celebrating God's appointed times, understand the role that Israel has in Bible prophecy and current events. Plus, you will receive Dr. Booker's powerful three-part audio CD prophetic teaching series, exclusive for our It's Super natural audience. He takes the complexity of the end time Bible prophecy and makes it easy to understand. Through this series, you will receive the keys that will prepare you and your family for what is next on God's prophetic calendar. Understand the season of Jesus' soon return. Learn how to discern the prophetic signs and how to be prepared. Understand how you can be a part of the greatest end time harvest about to occur on planet Earth. For an additional amount, we will include the 16-month 2016-2017 Hebrew Heritage Calendar. In it, you will find the dates when each of the biblical feasts occur. It includes this amazing chart of Hebrew feasts explaining what each feast meant to Israel, how the early church celebrated the feasts, how you can observe God's appointed times today, the end time prophetic significance of the feasts. Plus, the calendar contains the following in Hebrew, transliteration and in English, the Aaronic blessing, the Hebrew alphabet, and so much more. Don't miss out on getting Dr. Richard Booker's anointed book, Celebrating Jesus in the Biblical Feasts. Plus, 
Plus's powerful three-part audio CD prophetic teaching series, Israel, the Church, and the End Times, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Ask for offer number 9434. But wait, you can add this beautiful 16-month 2016-2017 Hebrew Heritage Calendar for a total of $49. Ask for offer number 9435. Shipping and handling is included. Call or you can send your check of $35 or $49 to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9434 for the book and audio CD teaching or offer number 9435 to include the Hebrew calendar or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Well, we are having a blast talking to Dr. Richard Booker. And we are going to start talking about the prophetic seasons that we are missing out on now and that the seasons that are to come. But Dr. Booker, the Feast of Tabernacles, consisting of the trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles, is the only one of the three feasts that has not yet been fulfilled in history. We've already, Jesus already fulfilled Passover and, and Pentecost happened, but there is one major feast that has yet to happen. Tell us about that. Well, hallelujah. Hey, hey, I got a good thought here, Ryan. If Jesus got the first two right, I mean... There you go. Number three. There you go. <laughs> Tell us about it. So, you know, we're we're looking at, at a world that is, is falling apart. You know, the end of all things is at hand, as Peter wrote, all these terrible things going on in, in our world today. And that can be so distressing and, and disappointing and, and heart-rendering. So I'm encouraging people to take their minds off of the externals and look into the Word of God. That's where we find that, that, that God is outside of time, and He's written prophecy in time in the book of books, the Bible, for us to understand what's going on in our world. So we have this biblical calendar but the Christians don't go by it because with Constantine, you know, we've got the Greco-Roman calendar. So God's prophetic seasons are on his biblical calendar. But since Christians don't go by the biblical calendar, we, we don't know these things. And so people are running around talking about end times and stuff all the time. But if they're, if they're talking about it from a Western perspective, they just you know, not getting it right. So we need to know this biblical calendar, which I wrote about and explained in, in the peace book. But going into tabernacles, as you well said, the three feast seasons, Passover was at the spring festival, Pentecost, the summer festival, and tabernacle is the fall festival. So it's 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 all based on the agricultural harvest season in the Bible. And so Tabernacles is at the end of the harvest season. Hallelujah, that ought to get somebody going right there. <laughs> it's at the end of the harvest season. The greatest harvest in the history of the world is at hand, praise the Lord. They've got all the barley done. they got all the wheat done. they got all the grapes. All the stuff is done. All the picking is done. All the canning is done. You know what I'm saying? They're kicking back on the front porch. They're looking at the blessings that God has given them. They're having celebrating the joy of the Lord and His goodness. They're just resting from all their labors. All the harvest is in. That's the picture. So Tabernacles is is the fall festival. It, it's the picture of the coming of the Lord in the great end-time harvest of souls. Hallelujah. 
So here we are. We're in the Feast of Tabernacles season in a dress rehearsal of it. Since 1980, Christians have been coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles in anticipation of the coming of the Lord. Now, here's the scripture, Ryan, Zechariah 14, 16. Everybody needs to go read that. It says, all the nations will come up to Jerusalem and, and, and worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, a Feast of Booths, Sukkot in Hebrew. So as a picture, uh, we've been doing this for, for decades. And there in Jerusalem, there's 5,000 Christians from 100 nations coming up to celebrate the feast. I was blessed to be a speaker there for 18 years and the Lord showed me, son, you can never go to a hundred nations. I'll bring them all to you in Jerusalem. Can you imagine a guy like me, Ryan, standing on in on the big podium in the civic center in the city of Jerusalem, speaking to people about these issues from one hundred nations? Wow! And so they all come and bring their bring their culture, their costumes, their banners, their flags. Uh, and their their joy, their tambourines, their celebration. We we have a picture of what it's going to be like when the Messiah comes. We have a big parade. Ryan, there's ten thousand people in the parade itself. Wow! Ten thousand people in the parade. Sounds like an amazing celebration. Five thousand Israeli people representing the country and 5,000-plus Christians with all of our color and costumes and celebration. And, Ryan, there's about 100,000 people lining the streets cheering us on. All Jerusalem is celebrating and dancing and, 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 and honoring God, even though, you know, you may or may not fully see who Jesus is. You're celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the coming of the Messiah feast and the kingdom of God coming to the earth. So all Jerusalem is alive with people dancing and celebrating and singing and, and praising God and with the light that they have at this point, you know? So how does how does a believer in the Western culture, especially, but anywhere for that matter, how do they begin right now? How can they prepare their heart uh, to, to understand the Feast of Tabernacles, the, the Lord's return, and the things that are about to take place, how can we prepare our hearts to understand, at least begin to understand and get the revelation of what what God is saying in this prophetic season? Okay, the Feast of Tabernacles is the picture of the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus, and the coming of the fullness, I'll say it that way, of the fullness of the kingdom of God to the earth. So how can we prepare ourselves for that? Well, first of all, we can read and learn and study about these things so we, we can be knowledgeable, you know. And then we can, we can understand that the kingdom of God is at hand. So we can move from the gospel of salvation to the gospel of the kingdom. You see, those are two different gospels. We've had the gospel of salvation for centuries, and I thank God for it. It got people saved and born again. But it is not the full power of God in the gospel of salvation. 
read the Gospels, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. <laughs> and when he did, things happened, you know. And so I want to encourage the, the listeners to, to grasp the reality that the kingdom of God is not just future, it's also now, it's inside you. And if if you can grasp that, that you have a personal relationship with the king of the universe and that he wants to manifest his kingdom in you and out of you and through you and to you to other people around you you can start preparing yourself so that when this kingdom comes you're not surprised at what it's going to be like and what's going to happen hallelujah well even on that didn't jesus chastise the rabbis because they didn't understand the prophetic seasons that they were in the prophetic seasons he he he, he did he chastised them you can look at the signs in the sky and know what's happening there's a tornado coming you know hurricane but you can't understand spiritual and prophetic signs. So these, these 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 are found in the biblical calendars. They going back. They're found. Now tell tell us more about the biblical calendar. What is the biblical calendar? God gave the festivals as pictures of the Messiah. We've talked about that in our program today. And so the biblical calendar was based on the agricultural season that the Hebrew people had. It was not a big city calendar. It was an agricultural calendar. And, and God worked it that way so they could, they could see in these festivals as, as they were celebrating around their agricultural season that, that God was using them for redemptive, as redemptive pictures. For, for example, when when they're having Passover, this is at the barley harvest season, Ryan. So in the first century, when Jesus comes to be the Passover lamb, right in the middle of that is is the barley harvest wave offering. They would go down to the to the uh, Kidron Valley where they had a little patch of ground set aside for the first fruits wave offering, and that this all happened at night. Jesus, uh, you know, was put into the tomb at sunset, and he was actually resurrected at night, seventy-two hours later. But anyway, they they when it came time for to sickle the barley harvest, they would send the signal down there. They would cut the barley harvest and make their processional up to the Temple Mount. This big, huge processional of celebrating and dancing. Well, what was left behind? An empty spot where that barley sheave had been. Ryan, it was at that exact moment that Jesus was resurrected as the first fruits from the dead. Wow. Hallelujah. Wow. With tens of thousands of people there watching. Fast forward to Tabernacles, you know, and read John 7. So Jesus came to the feast. He says, if any man thirst, let him come to me out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living waters. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit. You know what they were doing when he said that, Ryan? They were having the pouring of the water ritual. Yes. They were pouring water there at the at the altar of the tabernacle, asking God, it's all in the Bible, for rain upon the on the ground because the harvest has the, the planting is gonna happen, and also for the rain of his spirit upon their dry and parched souls. Wow. They're doing this, they're singing it, they're shouting it, they're praying it by the tens of thousands, they're dancing, they're chanting, they're blowing the shofars, they're 
doing the tambourines. They're doing all this. And at that moment, Jesus stands forth and says, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. These are the pictures. This is why God orchestrated it like that. You see, Hallelujah. there is such depth and such revelation. <laughs> it's all there. In understanding these feasts. So Tabernacles is the end-time coming of the Lord feast. The emphasis is on the kingdom of God. The emphasis is on pageantry. The emphasis on is on color and beauty and majesty, extolling the greatness of God, getting out of your pew and dancing in the aisles and celebrating in joy and exuberant worship and praise, reckless abandon of yourself to the coming of the King of glory. Hallelujah. That's tabernacles. Dr. Booker, pray right now for all those that are listening, whatever is on your heart to pray. Oh, Lord, Lord, we just love you. and We're so grateful that you care about us. You loved us first. You've shown us your heart in the Bible. You've given us these powerful pictures. You sent the person of Jesus, the Son of the living God, who's done all for us that we cannot do for ourselves. Lord, for every precious person listening to the program today, Holy Spirit, I humbly ask you to come and open the eyes of their understanding to see Jesus high and lifted up in his glory filling the temple, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that that same glory would come into the person and manifest yourself, Lord, by your precious Holy Spirit. Reveal the reality of Jesus, our Passover, Jesus, our unleavened bread, Jesus, our first fruits, Jesus, our Pentecost, Jesus, the horn of our salvation, Jesus, the one who cleanses us at atonement, Jesus, the one who is coming at tabernacles. Lord, help us all to internalize these great redemptive things you've done in our lives. Amen and amen. Amen. Now you get the picture of what Dr. Booker has taught for these 40 plus years about how Jesus can become so alive and so rich in the, the 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 relationship and the communion with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and the Father becomes so amazing. It takes you to a greater depth when you begin to understand the feast, the seasons, the biblical calendar. And it you need to enter into God's rest. You need to you need to walk in the power of God. You need the peace of God. You need the shalom of God. And as God's covenant people, we celebrate Jesus. And you need to get these pictures in your own mind's eye. You need to read this book. You need to listen to this teaching. So these feasts and these festivals and these seasons become alive in you. I promise you that you will never see Leviticus the same again. You will never well, see the old. <laughs> you will never see the Old Testament the same, because you'll understand from Genesis to Revelation how God, by His blood and by His Spirit, He's brought the whole picture together. The Bible is not random thoughts of God. The Bible is all perfectly woven together 
by the, by the Holy Spirit to see Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. And many lives are being touched already by Dr. Booker's teaching. They're having a greater uh, and more renewed passion for Jesus. They're discovering things in the Word of God. Like even you heard me on this program about Pentecost. You, you will discover things that you never saw in the Word of God before. And not only will you discover it, it will become revelation. And not only will it become revelation, but it will become alive within you. And you'll walk it out. And you'll live it out. And you'll have a fresh joy. You'll feel like you're celebrating uh, with the people of Israel back in the time of Jesus. You'll be right there. You need to get this book, Celebrating Jesus in the Biblical Feast. And the three CD set, Supernatural Encounters Through the Feast, where Dr. Booker goes into the feast in greater detail and he pulls out the truths of God, the nuggets that most people truthfully miss when they read the Word of God. Again, it's not random thoughts of God. The Bible is so intricately woven together with a beautiful tapestry of understanding how Jesus was there in the feast from the very beginning. And not only does he teach you in depth, but he also prays for you that your heart will be open and have that you will have your own supernatural encounter with God. The book, Celebrating Jesus in the Biblical Feast, the three CD set, Supernatural Encounters Through the Feast, you need to get a hold of it. Thank you for listening to this broadcast. Until next time, my prayer is that you will have a fresh revelation of Jesus in the feast. God bless you. Dr. Booker says that it is impossible to understand the end times without understanding Israel's place in God's plans. In this resource package, he will help you understand and prepare for what is to come. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Get the book, Celebrating Jesus in the Feast, and three CDs set, Israel, the Church, and the End Times. Offer number 9434 for investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Or add this beautiful Hebrew calendar that features the biblical feasts with explanations for $49. Be sure to ask for offer number 9434 or add the calendar 